The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is James from the Cave Dweller Music Podcast. Today I'm joined by Maddie from Beaver Mosh. She is a fantastic reviewer of music, all things heavy, all things underground. Make sure you check her out on uh, YouTube. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm kind of used to being the one that's like being on your side of the screen. So it's kind of <laughs> interesting to be like the one being uh, asked the questions here. It's different, isn't it? I um, yeah. I did. A, I was a guest on a podcast this week from LA called uh, Social Primates. And it's the first time I've guested, and it's a really different experience being on the other side of the questions. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I recently did one uh, on a Judas Priest cast, and and kind of had them talk about uh, a track that I loved from Judas Priest and kind of dissect it. But that was my first kind of uh, experience being on on the other end of it. So yeah, it's definitely different. What yeah, was yeah. the um what was the track that they dissected that you love? Uh I picked um Take These Chains uh from Screaming for Vengeance. It's kind of it it's kind of a, a deep cut, not really like exactly released as a single, but it never really took off as like the big track from that album. But it's like I don't know why. It's very anthemic. I and I just always really enjoyed that Judas Priest track. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're a seminal band. There's so many tracks in there even if you like ignore the hits there's so many buried in there that are fantastic and worth your time um and there's so many obscure albums in the discography people don't even seem to pay attention to as well yeah i mean they had their whole 70s run before they even got their like big breakthrough record like they they were they like got their hits later in their career definitely um those earlier albums are really cool especially that first one it's got a really different feel to all of the latest stuff yeah i uh i'm not as familiar with with rock and roll, but Sad Wings of Destiny, I'm definitely like I I own that on Wax. Like I'm a huge fan of that record, and then Sin After Sin and like Stained Class, those those '70s records, fantastic, good, great stuff. Yeah, Sad Wings of Destiny is one of my favorites. I absolutely love that one. Um, and then of course, just like everyone else, I love Painkiller. Um, how can you not? No. Um, and then later career, I I know people kind of give it a bit of shit, but I really like Nostradamus. I thought it was a cool album. Yeah, I I uh. I am not as familiar with that one. Uh, I I do know that it does have like kind of that split opinion. I absolutely adored Firepower. Like where that doesn't happen that often, right? Where a band just like is so late in their career and they just put out one of their best records, like right so late, so like thirty, like forty. I don't even know how many decades into their career, <laughs> they still got gas in the tank. It's yeah. like um, Blue Oyster Cult did the same thing. They had like those recent albums, the last few that, I mean, they've been going since the 60s. And then they brought out some of their best, heaviest work like in the last five years or so. It was crazy. I don't know where that came, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, sometimes bands just figure it out and it, like, just turn on a new leaf. It's like, whoa, all right, yeah. cool. Let's go. Yeah. You know who else did that recently was um, Yes, the, the 70s prog band. They actually brought out a new album this year that is phenomenal. I miss that. I I love some of Yes's earlier catalogs. Uh, heck, it's funny. I just interviewed uh, the anchor at a prog metal band, and we talked a lot about like prog rock and and that. So that's cool to hear. I'm gonna have to go check that out because 
like fragile and those records close to the edge Kurt yes stuff. some of the best music ever written those, those albums <laughs> um because i did, i had no idea but they actually put out like five albums in the last 12 years which i didn't even no fuck they weren't on my radar um <laughs> but i went back and listened to them and, and they're okay but this latest one is like it's back to the old sort of yes feel it's really creative and they have a new vocalist which brought a lot more life and energy into the the sound it's a lot of i think it's the original members almost all except the vocalist okay so yeah definitely worth it. and then uh jethro tell brought out another album as well this year damn like, so you're you are definitely checking out checking in on the like modern like prog rock revival that more than i am i, I was so uh i stream with title the app title yeah um, and they had like a recommendation section and the algorithm on that is like by far the best of any service i've used and i logged on one day and I said you may like yes jethro tell and peter gabriel i'm like what's happening like all, all these dudes are, <laughs> they're back again <laughs> so yeah uh, go for it oh sorry i was gonna say uh what have you been listening to this year what's kind of stood out to you as as worthy of your time yeah i mean there's there's so much you there's so much metal like every i mean today uh is, is friday that we're recording this and it's new release day and, and every friday uh i am sitting down i'll probably playing some games and just going through as many metal records as i can and seeing what hits and what i want to talk about of -hmm. course there are stuff that is like my favorites of the year um some things that have really stuck out um the new hell rapper obviously i think it might be his best Mm -hmm. um i got to interview uh kosnat shenyi uh, who is also based now in Minneapolis, where I am from, but this very interesting kind of dissonant black metal project that also brings in some sound from kind of the non-Western canon. And it's some of the most interesting black metal I've heard all year. Um, the new Smolder um, nice. is one of my favorite, uh, just kind of trad heavy metal records. Um, another Minneapolis-based project Um is is the new majesties um melodic death metal done done the, the right way you know that very classic you know at at the gates you know gothic gothenburg sound you know old yes. in flames yep yeah those are some of the highlights so far i would say i mean there's there's so many more that i'm just like not getting at the top of the dome right now but yes it's been a huge year. Uh, it's like since COVID started, it's been, I, I always say it's the golden age, like a golden age revival of, of underground music. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the quality and quantity of the stuff that's coming out is just absolutely ridiculous compared to like what was coming out on a yearly basis prior to COVID. Um, and I think part of that, oh, there's two reasons I would say. One is that a lot of people took a step back from playing live and actually had to record because they couldn't play live. So yeah. you had a lot of bands who had a really good live sort of routine who actually said, well, maybe we should put some more albums out. It's been a while. Um, and then there's a lot of people who never played before who were kind of trapped at home going crazy. Say, All right, I'm going to try my hand at music who had never made music before. So I think it's just people had time and a reason to play. And I think a lot of music came out of that. That's been fantastic. People had time and and also with no kind of we didn't know when live music was going to come back. People, right. a lot of these artists were just like, okay, I got to put all of my creative energy in just simply the studio 
And with that, you know, there was a lot of, I think more risk were taken, right? Like there was like, this is all the thought was behind what can I make interesting right here, right now without the idea of like, okay, I got to get on the road in, you know, a few months. Exactly. Yeah. The, the money and their time went straight into the recording instead of having to budget for a future tour. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. As far as like uh, what I've been listening to, um, it's got a, have you heard the new Grotesquery album? Yes, yes. Yeah, I was uh, uh that came out a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that yeah. is some gross. I mean, it's kind of in the name, death metal, just 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 yeah. savage stuff. It is, it's awesome. It's like feels <laughs> like a, straight out of the 90s, like it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then uh the other one I've been obsessed with uh came out in January is Dark Steel and Fire by the Gauntlet. Have you heard that one? Oh yes, yeah, that's like yeah. that is like uh that's almost like some like kind of first wave black metal revival like very bathory yes 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 yep super bathory uh <laughs> i love it <laughs> that's yeah. awesome um yeah i love those throwback sort of bands they're, they're really cool and then the other one i've been obsessed with all year is uh a band called thanatomas uh albums called hades uh, have you heard that one i that one i don't think i'm as familiar with okay i'll send it to you after uh and on twitter but it's Absolutely. uh stupidly i i i guess you, you would call it war metal it's it's like more than that but like uh, the production is just dumb it's so raw it's like aggressively raw caveman style production uh really really fun if you like that super like punishing like uh i guess bestial as they call it sound oh yeah yeah i mean i it. have i i have a water bottle i take to work that i have an antichrist seat between sticker on like i i definitely get into that war metal sound um there was an interesting release, now that you mentioned that, that came out um, earlier this year. Actually, it's interesting because they now have two from this year, but band, I believe, pronounced Hefidvon. Um, and it's just this chaotic, pummeling war metal record with some interesting, like, folk elements. And somehow okay. that <laughs> works. Uh, it's wow. like demented and atmospheric at the same time and it's just the most interesting mood uh that i've heard this year and it's just it's it on paper that doesn't sound like it, it makes sense but it really does when you listen i love those bands where it's like you tell someone <laughs> about, like that sounds really dumb i'm like oh it is and it's awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i uh I was talking to a friend about this the other day because like, him and i are very much of the opinion that we love really dumb music like uh, the dumber the better, and because like big brain stuff is awesome. Like I love some like yeah. super artistic, proggy, experimental, boundary pushing stuff. But sometimes I just want something that's like caveman stupid. And we were talking about it. We kind of narrowed it down. So in our conversation, we said that the dumbest, most fun genres are slam, uh, war metal. <laughs> um, Not aware of that scene as much. Oh, that's something. That's something else. <laughs> <laughs> um. Was it on harsh noise and DSBM? Oh yeah, I mean I, I, I love some of that depressive black metal. Not gonna Me lie. Me too. Uh, I love every, I love everything I listed. But yeah. Yes, it's very. Uh, it's DSBM is like it's very self indulgent, but I love that that about it. You know, it's it's really funny. I actually tweeted about this recently. Um, it's funny you mentioned slam because I haven't quite gotten into like just like proper proper slam. But my interest, because I think I've embraced that thought brought in that like sometimes you just want very to the point metal music. Yes. I've been really 
under I guess understanding brutal death metal more like uh I just reviewed a record by a band called Torture that's just like you know mm-hmm. that very rhythmic guitars you know just <laughs> just going for the gore of it I I, yeah. I I now I'm like really really starting to love that approach yeah exactly and that I had the exact same point that you're at right now a couple of years ago before that I thought brutal death metal and slam was so dumb like and not in a yeah. fun way I was like this is stupid why do people listen to this uh, and then I got to a point I was like okay this is actually really enjoyable if you actually like stop thinking about it and just embrace how much fun it is mm-hmm. not to say that they don't think about the music like the thought doesn't go into it but you know what I mean? <laughs> you mentioned when we were talking before the podcast, there was something you wanted to discuss, uh, some social issues that are really uh, important to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I am really, I think it's 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 really important to me to kind of just highlight and be a voice for queer inclusion in, in metal. I I mean, we've, we've come a long way. Uh, more artists are getting... Uh, the limelight and kind of just being accepted as great metal artists. But I mean, I think that wouldn't have been the case 10 years ago and we're definitely not there. And there, I mean, um, even on, on my channel, like I, most of the time I just ignore it, but I, I do get a lot of transphobic comments. Like it's just, it's just part of putting myself on the internet. It doesn't really bother me as much anymore, but like, there's still kind of an animosity within the scene. And uh, the more I think queer people are like highlighted and, and have their presence known within the scene, because there are so many fans and people who make underground metal within this community, mm-hmm. uh, the better it's going to be. Right. I, I think you're definitely right. I think it's a, a case of uh, normalizing it. People, people don't see it. People see it as other and it shouldn't be viewed that way because like you said, they're such an integral part of the scene. I mean, look at the roles that uh, queer people have played in in history of music. There's been so many amazing figures who shape where we are today. Fucking Rob Halford. I mean, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think uh, to your point as well. I think you're right. We've come a long way, but there's still a long way to go in that aspect, and not just in the metal scene, in every scene. Because I mean, you look at hip hop and stuff, and it's exactly the same in that scene. They've got so many issues with homophobic lyrics and you know that just ignorant stuff that comes out of there so a, a mm. lot of a lot of genre and country as well obviously um <laughs> a lot of genres have a long way to go pops always being ahead of the curve with that stuff um because it's always been a, a much more open and accepting scene because it's such a diverse range of music i think yeah you know <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting point that like you wouldn't expect like a, a metal uh journalist to bring up but i want to like I, you think about like the what it was called like the disco demolition where you know like in that baseball stadium where they were told to bring their disco records and 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 they burned it and and i'm not like the i'm not necessarily the biggest fan of, of that music personally but it's just kind of because i'm into heavier stuff but yeah. like the obvious like all the things the the homophobia the mm-hmm. racism the misogyny that was like okay this is music that like those that we deem not less than are into you know that's why we think rock and roll is 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 the real music like i mean like and it's so the fact that that wasn't as like obvious to people back then just shows how far we're coming in music in general right definitely but i mean um i think metal has has a very macho aspect to it as well 
uh, very heterosexual macho aspect to it, which I think is something that directly clashes for some people that can't correlate those two things, mm. which is really sad because they're, they're completely separate things. Um, and for some reason that threatens them. And I'm not sure why. I mean, I mean, sure. I mean, there is, I mean, metal is a very aggressive genre, um, mm. but like aggressive sound. Um, exactly. It's aggressive. Different. Yeah. A, a, like aggressive lyrics. I don't think has to be synonymous with like masculinity. You no know, male, you know, just yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's. I think people can't separate those two things for some reason, but they they're not actually the same thing at all. No, no, it's not. It's. I think it's something that rock music dealt with as well. It's the exact same problem in rock music. I don't know how. You, I don't know how you defeat that. It's a. It's a tough thing to fix. I think the the punk scene somehow kind of uh, is way ahead of the metal scene in that you know you had the whole riot girl movement. There's so many like trans punk artists uh, oh, yeah. prominent in, in their scene. Um, and I'd say the metal doesn't have it, it just seems like we're behind. Yeah, I think so. Punk's really, it's interesting because it's really become one of the most accepting genres out there. It's, it's become mm -hmm. a safe space for a lot of people. Um, and it's it's a lot of the, the lyrics have shifted to actually be inclusive of gender politics, identity politics and stuff. It's been an interesting thing to see that shift. Not to say that there aren't like, you know, really just kind of nasty people in electronic music because because there definitely are. But for the most part, that genre seems to be from like an outsider perspective, seems to be the most like progressive in terms of, of acceptance right now. I mean, you mm -hmm. have just kind of so many queer DJs and, and producers just at the top of like the game there. So, yeah, and even even stretches like through to like industrial and stuff like industrial mm -hmm. gothic scenes, really accepting of that stuff as well. Very open minded yeah um so we actually have something relating to this coming out soon so we're going to have a charity sampler called battle hymns triumphs and transitions uh which is a dungeon synth charity sampler with all proceeds going to center for transgender equality love it that's a, that's that's incredible and really appreciative that you're you know people are putting energy towards those causes thank you yeah it, I, people really got on board with it it's been awesome i think we have like 46 or 47 tracks submitted from different dungeon synth artists so it's going to be really cool to see that come out and the uh the album art is <laughs> it's really cool it's like a, a old style medieval painting of a knight riding a horse but he's holding a, a spear with a flag the trans flag flying behind it <laughs> so, that's incredible <laughs> i think it's going to do well yeah and so, when's that coming out again so we actually don't have a release date just yet. Um, it should be August, though. We're aiming for first week of August and maybe slightly delayed. Uh, but if we can manage first week of August, it would line up perfectly with Bandcamp Friday. So that would be great because we'll make some more money for the charity at that, at that point. But, uh, well, make sure you uh, you send me the links. I'll make sure I'm, I'm promoting it on, on my end as well. So Awesome. Thank you. And thank you yeah. for uh, sharing and promoting our last one, the mental health stuff that we put together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's also uh, an, important, an important topic and something I care about deeply, so. Uh, me too. It's uh, that's something that's very personal to me, uh, both with myself, my wife, my friends, family. I've had a lot of experience in that area. So I, I think it's kind of impossible in, in today's age to not be affected in some way by mental health, either you or someone, you know? Yeah, I mean, 100 percent. I mean, I I myself, I mean, I, I, I see it. I see a therapist. I see I see a psychiatrist like I'm 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 very familiar with it and I, and I know so many people that, you know, that have struggles and it's a, it's an important thing. And I'm glad people are 
talking about it more. You know, it's like it's like it's not as taboo. Exactly. I I see a therapist and a psychiatrist as well. So yeah, you know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I really it's, it's so important to normalize that as well because um, I mean, especially th- there's a culture of viewing mental health as like a weakness, and it should be viewed just like any other health uh, issue. There's no difference, in my opinion, between having like bipolar or having cancer. There shouldn't be a stigma attached to one and not the other. No, I mean, I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, mental health affects people's ability to to work. It affects people's like you know social lives and like mm-hmm. and ways that like people haven't like given the same uh, allowances for or like kind of made ways for people to kind of exist in ways that they need based on whatever mental health issue that they're going through exactly and i mean you think about it it's it's completely a disability it should be it just people seem to think of disabilities as uh something you can see but Mm -hmm. it's not i mean that's why if you actually are if you do have certain mental health problems you can actually get disability payments because the medical community and the government view that as an equal level of disability as someone who is in a wheelchair who can't work which which is which uh i mean i'm thankful for i mean that's i'm glad that people are have access to that i mean they should exactly yeah and i mean in the u.s is like uh, i came from a country where we had uh, public health care so that's a whole different discussion but yeah uh, the u.s and its approach to to healthcare and mental health is uh, a topic i probably shouldn't go down that rabbit hole <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, I if if I if I uh, like, yeah, we don't have to go down there, but I feel like if, from what what the conversations we have had, I feel like we probably have a very similar opinion on that. So, yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll we'll switch to something a little more uh, upbeat. Uh, yeah, I sure. would love to hear about some of the local foods in your area and what people should check out if they ever visit. Uh, actually, I don't think we, you told people where are you uh, based. Yeah, I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Great. So Minneapolis, Minnesota, if we've got like a weekend in town, what are we going to eat? Yeah. Um. So I'm lucky to live in a city with a uh, that's very diverse. Um. We have a quite a, a large Vietnamese population. So in fact, like kind of in my area, there are so many pho places. Like if you want pho, nice. you will find it in minneapolis as well as as ramen my my favorite pho place is fota bay um if you like banh mi there are also great banh mi spots all over minneapolis um we do we're not much of a pizza city but if you are interested for some reason um like that coal-fired like more flat type of pizza um that is very popular in minneapolis like we have quite a few places that specialize in pizza that way um i am a i'm a vegetarian personally mm-hmm. but there are vegetarian uh versions of a of a dish that kind of got popularized in minneapolis called the uh, juicy lucy and it's a it's a kind of an inverse cheeseburger. Like the cheese is stuffed into the patty. It's uh, it's almost excessive. <laughs> um, so we've actually, many. We've, I was gonna say we've actually had some guests from uh, your area as well who've also talked about the juicy Lucy. That is, really uh, okay. Yeah, that's a favorite. <laughs> uh, there's a 
a lot of great Ethiopian restaurants. Um, there's, a, I mean, cool. another thing about Minneapolis is there is a uh, there is a uh, high uh, East African population. Part of the reason is because um, Minnesota is a state that has taken a lot of uh, refugees, uh, especially from that part of the world. So as a result, we uh, a lot of great food has migrated over here, which I am happy about. That's awesome. Um, I love I love East African food. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I tried making, I, I can make it at home, but the only thing I always get wrong is uh, the injera, the bread. Yeah, oh yeah, the spongy stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's so hard to make right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I guess some some Maddie trivia, some beaver mosh uh, knowledge. If, if you listen to this podcast, this might be, I mean, I'm sure I've said it somewhere, but uh, my absolute favorite food, my my culinary obsession is pancakes. I I, I love pancakes. Um, and my favorite place in Minneapolis, it's where I take like people who visit me to, uh, is this kind of, uh, is this place called modern times. Uh, if this is not your thing, it might not, you might not be interested, but it's like this very like grungy diner. Um, but it's, 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 you know, it's a very progressive place too. And there's a lot of vegan options as well. Um, there's always playing, always playing cool kind of like post-punk music in there, but the pancakes they have great pancakes awesome yeah there's a have you ever been to one of those pancake places with the griddle in the table where you make it yourself no that's a thing i've I've never been to one of these yeah there's one in san diego um which i haven't eaten at yet but i mean to and then there's one i used to go to in portland i, I lived up in oregon for a while um that's called slappy cakes and uh, <laughs> so you choose your batter and they bring it out in like a, you know those ketchup squeeze bottles the big ones with the screw on lids yeah, the, the the batter in that like it's huge. You make like that's that big of batter, and then uh, then you choose your your mix-ins, and then you choose your sauce, and then you choose toppings. So like uh, I got peanut butter batter. Oh, what it was great. I put white chocolate chips in, and then bacon on top, and maple syrup, and it was phenomenal. And then you just cook it in the table like a uh, Korean barbecue style. Oh, I'm getting emotional. Like I really, I really have to find a place like this. Maybe. Maybe I'll find one in another city. Maybe, maybe that that is going to be my mission now. Yeah, it's a fun time. It's a cool breakfast. Yeah. You always just go and you hang out. You can like, if you each get different ones, you kind of mix and match and make each other pancakes and stuff. Awesome, awesome. So, what do you okay? What do you normally get on yours? Like, how do you get your pancakes? Um, I, I mean, I typically I'm kind of like I really like blueberries in in my pancakes, which is you know nice. the maple syrup and the butter. Um. I have I have done peanut butter. There is another diner in the city that kind of offers that, and it's always good. Well, sure. uh, you know, you gotta definitely you know either have some coffee or water with that because it get really sticky. But yep, um, I never really got into the like chocolate chip pancakes personally. A little too kind of I think chocolate chips takes away from the pancakes in in, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. uh, definitely, definitely do uh, definitely do blueberries and and waffles are not the same thing. I, I I waffles and pancakes are not not the same thing. Nope, I'm not a waffle person. Pancakes very different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, waffles very dense. Yes, I mean I I I enjoy waffles too, but they are a very different beast. Um, and so you said you're vegetarian, um, but you love like bami and fa. What do you normally get on your like? What do you get in your bami and fa if you don't do uh, meat options? Yeah, so there are in in um. Not every pho place, but a lot of pho place will offer like a vegetarian broth. Um, and then 
like a tofu or just a veggie. And then, and then, uh, a lot of the bomb me places offer mock duck, uh, options, which, uh, I don't know. I don't know what duck tastes like, but it's supposed to be kind of the similar texture. Um, okay. it, it chews like a meat and it's, you know, it's very popular at least, I mean, at least up here, I don't know if it's like popular nationwide, but I can find it at most Asian restaurants, uh, in Minneapolis. I'm sure they'd have it here as well. Um, no. next time I'm at a restaurant, I'll have a look and see if it's on the menu. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm kind of lucky because I live where I live uh, right now. We're halfway between, they call it Chinatown, but it's so much more. It's like a, a mix of Korea, Vietnam, China, Japan, Filipino, like all that. Any Southeast or Central East Asian restaurants you can think of are all in this area. And mm-hmm. then on the other side of my house is Little Persia. So that's all Middle Eastern food. Oh. Um, and then mixed in between the two because the San Diego is obviously like just a ton of great Mexican food. So I'm I'm very spoiled in that sense. Yeah, uh, I uh, I also live very close to I don't know what's known as Low Mexico in in, in Minneapolis uh, Lake cool. Street. Um, it's just a a street of of great taco places and Mexican restaurants. And I even if I don't go there, like there are so many. I can just open up like the DoorDash app and infinite taco options. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah try- Try that down here. It's like a hundred, like three, three, four, four hundred taco shops you can get on DoorDash here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that's it's kind of tough though because it's like you don't know what to choose and they're all highly rated. So it's hard to yeah. find like which ones are actually like the best ones. And then there's the, then Minneapolis has like a a huge food truck scene. So actually, like one of my favorite places to get tacos is actually a truck. It's called Taco Taxi, and they don't have a brick and mortar store. They're just a they're just a truck, but they they travel around the city and and they also deliver and it's great. Food trucks make some of the best food, honestly, like they're phenomenal because they have to nail it because like, uh, you know, that's all they do. They do a couple items. They have to do them really well. Yeah. It's a simple menu, but executed very well. We have, there's a chain of trucks in San Diego that does specifically seafood style Mexican, like Baja, California, which is like the seafood style Mexican. Mm -hmm. And it's like $3 for like a taco the size of your face. And, uh, it's phenomenal. It's just stupidly good. And they have like four or five locations, but the tip for anyone who's visiting San Diego or lives in San Diego who hasn't done this yet, you can walk across the border to Tijuana, uh, which I've done. And there is a bunch of really, I mean, obviously anything you get out of the border is fantastic. But if you're one of those people that kind of wants to keep it a little bit more like hipster style, there's yeah. like a gastro district that has like a phenomenal uh, tacos for like $1.50 and then margarita, like the best margarita you can get for like $4. Damn, that's uh, that sounds that sounds that sounds great I, I mean i didn't realize you were that close but yeah yeah i'm like uh about an 18 minute drive from the border where i live cool it's pretty sweet yeah the nice thing is like if you ever want to fly anywhere in mexico there's a uh, a border crossing you can walk across the tijuana airport and then uh it's a domestic flight instead of international so it's about a third of the cost that's uh that's that's nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to someone uh, on the podcast this week who lives in uh, Vancouver and okay. he takes, he takes a bus to Seattle and flies from there. Cause it's the same thing. Cause it's, it's then a domestic flight within the U S instead of international. Mm-hmm. So you, you pay like half the cost. Do you still need a, do you still need a passport? I actually don't know. Uh, for Canadians, yeah. I'm not sure if they need a passport. I'm assuming they would. Apparently yeah. you never used to need one to go like through Canada or to Mexico, but it's all changed since I think since nine 11, everything changed. Yeah, that, I mean, I, that makes sense. And you mentioned as well that you like to play video games. So what are you playing at the moment? 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> I um, uh, I am an avid, obsessive, uh, old school RuneScape player. Uh, I uh, actually, um, if if anyone if, if anyone's not familiar, uh, RuneScape is a it's it's an MMORPG that's been out for. 20 plus years and it still has kind of a dedicated uh fan base of people who were nostalgic who played as a kid who played as adults uh me being one of those um what what's what's great about that game right now in in kind of this period of my life is that um so that if anyone has played rpgs you're probably familiar with the concept of like xp um and kind of training skills uh and there's a well, RuneScape is a game that has a lot of active components. You know, there's bosses, there's raids. Um, there's a lot of things you just kind of have to grind out that you don't really have to pay that much like active attention to, but you still got to kind of do. Um, and so that type of stuff, I'm always doing while I'm editing. Um, always in the background. Um, and it's great. And I just like I love the game because it's just like. It's you can see your progression. You can kind of watch your character get stronger as it interacts with with the world. And there's just so much rich lore and so many like areas to explore in the game. So that's what I've been playing. Awesome. I remember yeah. when that. I actually remember when that came out. I was in like primary school, and a bunch of my friends were obsessed with it. So yeah, that game has been going forever. Exactly two versions of it now. It's split like, I, I think like ten years ago, or maybe even more than that, and. uh there's RuneScape three, um, which I don't play. Uh, I've never, I've never actually tried it. Um, uh, and it's very different. Looks very different. And there is now a, and I think World of Warcraft kind of did this concept too, but uh, rebooted the game from older servers. And uh, there's actually two parallel RuneScapes. And the old school version that I play is still gets constant updates, like just new content, but it's. It has its own timeline and just different content since like a certain point than RuneScape 3. Yeah. Interesting. It's crazy how some of those online games have just like, they've never lost popularity. Like people, the amount of people that still play GTA 5 online is yeah. astronomical. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. It's just like people still play that every day. Um, and then same with it. What's the other game? Um, Killing Floor, I think it's called. People have been playing that for like 10 years now. Yeah. And a lot of games also are, you know, get remastered or, you know, put in a new console or just uh, re-released or just kind of get new life. Like, I know people still play Skyrim, like, a yeah. lot. You know, that game is... I mean, I was, in, I was in high school when that came out and, well, out of high school now. I mean... There's still people that play... What was the first one called again? Um, the, I'm trying to think what the first game in that series was called. It wasn't uh, Morrowind. Marwin was before no, so yeah, there was Morrowind, Oblivion, uh Skyrim. I don't know what came before. Yeah, Morrowind. Yeah. I I know a lot of people that still play Morrowind and love Morrowind. Yeah. That's why so that is huge. Like that game map was like stupidly large. I would think I was too young to really have any experience with Morrowind, but I did play Oblivion. I got into Oblivion. Yeah. That's why I started playing the series. And then I uh, Skyrim is one that I did come back to. And have come back to many times over the years and started a new game again. I've been I've been tempted to like get it on Steam, but like I don't I don't know if I have like with doing this channel right now, I don't know if I have a time to like really just like dive <laughs> yeah. into another massive game like that. But 
that's the thing. Like I, I can't like with all the other stuff I'm doing with music, I kind of had to give up video games to some extent yeah. because it's just like it's so hard to find time to do both. And unfortunately, yes. And then Plus I, I work a full time job. Yeah, same. Me too. I've got, <laughs> I've, got, I've got like the full time job. I have the website. I have the podcast. I have a record label. It's like it's yeah. so much. Um, and then I try to also like be physically active. So like I go hiking. I do kickboxing. I, you know, it's not, life is too short. If I if I could have two of me working at all times, it would be great. Oh, I know. There's I I get home and I'm like I want to I just want to do all the things. I want to I want to read my I books. Know. I want to see my records. I want to play with my dog. I want to game and I want to record content. But right. I can't do all of those in a day. I know. It's like when people tell me they're bored. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like how are you <laughs> how are you bored? Like I I haven't felt boredom since I was a child. Like I you know it's like there's no time to be bored. There's too many things I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh fortunately, um, I uh I I'm I've been so busy, but I uh I am very excited. I, I've never been to Maryland Death Fest and I have uh bought my passes and got my everything set up. So that's 10 months away, but I am going to be taking like my one week vacation. Uh to Baltimore for that festival, and uh, I am I am so stoked. My dying bride, Ahab, I I I just can't wait. I am beyond excited for that. We'll see you there because we have tickets to all four days. I have four day passes too. I can't. Yeah. We'll have to meet. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. and I actually we actually just got tickets this week to the pre the pre festival, the, uh, the yeah. Wednesday. I thought about it, but like I, I just couldn't justify it anymore. And also, like I kind of like the way I had planned it. Like I think I'm gonna like take a day before the four days and like just like explore Baltimore, do some things. Um, yeah, Baltimore's but... really cool. Uh, I I went la- uh, last year for the first time to Death Fest, and we took the day before to just do exactly that, like explore the city. And there's a lot of really cool stuff there. Really good food. Yeah, I heard the aquarium. You, I'm gonna. I, that's kind of something I'm planning on seeing. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. People people told us about that as well. We did the uh, Museum of Modern Art, and that was pretty sweet. Um, okay. And then there's a really cool historic district that's like on the waterfront that's got like a really cool architecture. I think the oldest still running saloon in the country is there. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Edgar Allan Poe drank there, uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then there's a really there's a cool, pretty big record store that we hit up as well. I can't wait. I'm I'm going to be spending uh, a lot of time kind of researching what I need to do in Baltimore before I get there. I have lots of time. Can't believe it's already sold out like, you know, almost a year in advance. But it I is. Know. I know. It's because there wasn't <laughs> one this year. I think it's because it wasn't one this year. So everyone's like bought ahead for next year as well. Yeah. Um, but also the lineup is just absolutely stacked, like stupidly stacked. There's so many bands that I want to see on that list. It's crazy. It was. It, it might not be like one of the headliners, but the band that sold it for me when I saw that Spectral Wound, which is like one of yes. my favorite black metal bands. When I saw their That's lineup, cool. like done, I'm in. I, I have to. I have to go. I've never. I've never seen My Dying Bride. If you haven't mentioned that, like I'm very excited. I I used to love My Dying Bride when I was younger. I haven't listened to them in a minute, but they used to be one of my favorite bands. Yeah, they're. Uh, I actually just uh, bought a copy of Turn Loose the Swans and Wax. I was listening to the other day. It's such an amazing record. It's a great album. I I thought they kind of had like a bit of a revival when they did that um a map of all our fa- uh, failures, you know that's not that album. Uh yeah, I am familiar with it. I really liked that one. Um it was like a really different sound for them. It went really like a uh, funeral doomish, like kind of like Paul Bearer influences. Um I thought it was really cool. It was, it, 
but I like I like all most of their albums, but that one was like a return, like peak in late Korea for them, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. They're they're just. I mean, nobody. I mean, I was actually talking to a guest on my show about this reason, but nobody really nails that like that gloom and that bleakness and that sorrow, but like also marrying it to just a heaviness and does yeah. it so convincingly. Definitely. Yeah, I'm just having a look at the list now, the lineup, like uh Gorguts? Yeah, I know. I've never seen Gorguts. I'm stoked for that. And Primordial, like I, I love Primordial. I can't wait to see them. Um Aura Noir, I've always wanted to see them. Great band. Oh Ahab. It's just it's too many. I just they said they're yeah. still announcing one or two more in December as well. It's not even completely I know. Uh, announced yet. Uh 1349. There's it's yeah. stacked. 100 percent Evolves Tankard Sacrifice. Forbidden. Yeah, as Sacrifice Forbidden. So a lot of like like you know, classic like Bay Area bands are gonna be there. Yeah. Like and then uh the like the day before, it's like uh Atheist, Sodom, Milakesh, uh who else was it? It was going to be Worm, but they had to drop off. Oh, did they? Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of names. Actually, Sodom was the big big get. So I haven't actually seen... Like, Sodom was one of the only big, like, really big thrash bands I haven't seen. So for me, that's a big one to tick off the list. Um, who was the other one? Oh, yeah. It's uh, Midnight. It was the other oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Crypt Sermon, who I actually really like. I'd love to see I like Crypt Sermon a lot. It's like one of my favorite modern epic doom metal bands. Are you a uh, Candlemas fan? I I am. Uh, I uh, Candlemas, Pentagram, that old that old like classic Doom movement, Saint Vitus, yeah. those bands. I love that stuff. Like Candlemas is in my top ten bands of all time. But okay, who who do you go for vocalist wise? I know it's a whole thing, but you know, I I I'm probably not as as like into their discography as you. I uh, okay. I did like the last Candlemas record, but for the most part, I'm mainly familiar with like their first couple. Okay, see so, uh Messiah yeah. stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, he's fantastic. I for me it's like a two-way tie between him and Rob. Uh, okay. because I just really like Rob's like uh energy. He he brings like a speed and a power to the 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 music. Um sure. I was really, really disappointed when he left the band because I saw them live for the first time this year. Uh and like I mean they're one of my top favorite bands of all time. And okay. I, I I feel really bad saying this, but I was so disappointed. And like, uh, yeah. it's hard for me to even say that, but I think they just they, they just didn't have the energy on stage and the the presence. I think that okay, some some older bands still have it, and some older bands don't have it. And they're still making great music, but I think their live show just it's show their age is showing. Yeah, and I think part of that is uh, they went back to their original vocalist from the very first album, and sure. I've never I've never been a big fan of his. I uh, I never thought he had the power. Uh, or like a really distinctive voice like the other vocalists that they were with. Um, so I think it's a combination of me being disappointed by him being the vocalist and then them just being kind of old and tired. And it's not their fault. They've earned the right to no. be. They've, they've been around for a long time. It's just, for me, it was a bit just, I wish I'd seen them earlier in their career is all. I mean, I mean, they've kind of coined the concept of like epic doom, like so many yeah. bands still. Exactly. Look, so that's look what back like the, the big sound and the big energy because it's meant to be so yeah. epic. Um and I think what, what didn't help as well is the band that opened for them as a young up and comer 
and they were just like infectious energy on stage like they were like the, the crowd was going wild the it was like blasting like the people yeah. were moving around the whole time and then it switched from that to them so it was just a bad transition at a i've i've been to shows like that like i recently saw um uh, sepultura creator and and death angel uh oh and and sepultura was the headliner but and they also they don't they don't have sepultura's lineup has changed quite a bit so it's not really like the original sepultura, sepultura yeah <laughs> but yeah. like they just they just didn't have the same like stage presence as creator or death angel and it's yeah. kind of like like okay i mean i i feel like creator should have been the headliner because they were they were the best band that night and i i i know exactly that's yeah. exactly what, what this felt like <laughs> for me as well um <laughs> so i i saw at Milan death fest last year they had uh sepultura but with max and eagle together and they were only playing the early stuff so they just played um morbid visions and what was the album directly after that um Oh yeah, God. Oh, what did you pull that? Uh, give me one second. I gotta just gonna yeah. check this real quick um, because they played those albums in full, like only songs from those albums. It was really cool, actually. Oh, oh uh, schizophrenia. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, oh no, uh, beyond the arise. They played uh, arise and uh, oh, beyond. Oh, arise. It was. Oh, here it is. Uh, they played beneath the remains and arise. Only yeah, those, those are those are my two favorites. Those are like the thrash classic of Sepultura before they yeah. kind of went to their groove metal direction. Yeah, those are my favorites as well. And they, so they only played tracks with those of those albums, and it was Max and Eagle together. And I I, I was super nervous. I was like, because yeah. because Eagle I was, Max has been doing uh, Soulfly for so long. I was like, can he still mm-hmm. do like Sepultura heavy? And he nailed it. He absolutely killed it. So I I am. That's great to hear. I'm like confused as to like what even is Sepultura now because I because like Max does a project and does Sepultura tunes but doesn't have like the name but sometimes performs. Like I don't really understand like what legally is happening there. I know there's like something happened. There's like some type of riff, but like it's like very confusing. Yeah, I have no idea. It's it's been really weird, hasn't it? Um, yeah, <laughs> and, and then and then they randomly just re-recorded uh that yes. album as well which was really I, they did I a, a great job it sounds fantastic but i was like what does this mean for sepultura yeah i haven't i haven't actually listened to it yet and the only reason i haven't listened to it yet because when i was like going through stuff and like prioritizing what to listen was like is this a new release i don't i don't know what this is what do i call it? is this something i should be reviewing is it is it I, what is what is this it's just like a re-recorded like yeah, that, so it's a re-recorded version, but it's it's cool. It actually sounds pretty different. It's like worth checking out. Okay, note it. I will. I will check that out then. Because I was I was cautious about it as well. I was like, do I really want to listen to this? I don't know. It could be like a gimmicky yeah. thing. I don't know how it's going to sound, but most people I've spoken to were really impressed with it. Okay, heard, heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, well, we are coming up on time here, so I have two more questions for you. Okay. Uh, this last one's going to be like a bit of a put you on the spot thing, but if you were trapped on a desert island, you had mm-hmm. a solar powered discman and three CDs to listen to until you got rescued. What would you want to have with you? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I think I would probably go. Let's go. Human by Death. Nice. Um, Titles. I'm thinking I'm gonna go Hatred for Mankind by Dragging the Sunlight. 
Okay, uh, that's a great yeah. album. Yeah, which they are playing that live at Maryland Death Fest. Yes, uh, I saw that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then I kind of want to like, you know, if there's three, I kind of want to have some variation, right? Like maybe something a little more melodic. Um, what I am gonna go, I'm gonna go "Imagination from the Other Side" by Blind Guardian. Nice, I love that. Yeah, album. yeah, good choice. I have that on vinyl. Actually, that's a great album. Yeah, it's my favorite Blind Guardian. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very similar taste because I I have that on vinyl. It's one of my favorite Blind Guardians, and then I also have a Death Human shirt. So awesome! Yeah. <laughs> yeah <great laughs> <album. laughs> cool. And last question. Then this is a super simple one for you. But if people want to listen to your podcast, watch your reviews, um, support you in any way, follow you, what are the best places to do all of that? Yeah. So um, you can obviously uh, find me on on YouTube. It, it's Beaver Mosh, and I I do reviews. I um, I uh, I very much. I think the something that kind of distinguishes me from maybe other uh metal reviewers um on youtube at least is that i very um intentional about reviewing things that are not necessarily getting other reviews on youtube like i want to go and kind of really dig through like the underground really and give it to you and and i interview a lot of bands too um and so you can find it all on youtube and then i'm very active on Twitter as as well, which is also at Beaver Mosh. I don't know what Beaver Mosh means. Never have. I just, <laughs> just it's I just picked the name. Uh, but yes, I was thinking about asking that, but I was like, I don't know if there's a reason behind. It. I think it's just a cool name. <laughs> it's no, like, like a Grizzly Butts. You know that? Yeah, that Grizzly Butts. There's like you know, there's Stereo Gum. There's just like this. It's a, it's a music blog or record label thing. Just kind of pick two very just funny words that go together and just yeah. kind of roll off the tongue. That, that That's what it was. That's how I came up with Cave Dweller music. I was like, what, what can I think of that like, sounds <laughs> kind of like underground and metal? Like, cave, what lives in a cave? A dweller. Cave dweller. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> There's those, uh, what are they called? Those name generators you can use that it's like uh, yeah. for metal band names. Yeah, I think a lot of people use those. <laughs> awesome and then if people want to submit music to you to actually be covered or come on the podcast uh, on the on the youtube channel um is uh, the email address is on the youtube channel correct it is it, and it's also it's beavermoshmetal at gmail.com uh i i'm always checking it i i will see it um i do i i get so many promos um so i mean uh i can't like promise like coverage if you do send but i i will at least open the email like i, I can give you i can at least tell you that awesome yeah we're yeah. exactly the same we get like 40 to 50 promos a day it's, it's yeah absolutely ridiculous and <laughs> you, you get through what you can but you're only human <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for coming on the show and we really appreciate you taking the time yeah no it was uh, it was an honor to be uh be invited um i've i've looked at some of the guests you've had and it, it's impressive so i'm like i'm honored to be in such good company so oh thank you yeah okay. for everyone listening at home thank you so much for tuning in and come back next time we'll have another guest for you